I'm excited that in a couple of weeks, hopefully, I, I don't know how many, maybe three, two, three maybe, I don't know. We're working on the new board. We're working on uh, all the integrated software, everything to be able to stream everything live, including the worship. I, I just can't wait for that. Can't wait. And so pray for us as <laughs> the worship team saw this, I think, on, on the video yesterday, but our living room looks like just this bundle of wires everywhere. So the biggest thing, we've, we've got almost all the equipment. We, we have a few things we still need to get, but um, the biggest thing we need now is we need knowledge. We, we need God to just supernaturally put in our brains there you go. That's what you need. Figure it out. So uh, I know that he will. So the goal is just within a few weeks to be able to um, be fully live with the worship and everything. I, I'm so excited about that. And, uh, and it'll be the reason we haven't done that now is we just do it through Facebook and the sound is really bad. Right. It's OK when it's just preaching when it's just speaking, but when it's music and, and the mix and everything, the mix is different online than it would be in the house. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. And, um, you know, so, so pray about that for us, please pray about that as, as the Lord leads you and, uh, hopefully we'll get it all figured out. And, and by the way, one of those things is that we will be the sound will be back there. We'll be, at, be able to add a full drum kit. In here. So excited for that as well. So uh, let's, let's just open up in prayer this morning, and then we'll get started. Father, we worship you and praise you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for your love. We thank you for your grace. Father, we thank you that you guide are every steps when we let you. When we don't get in your way or in our own way of letting you do that. Father, I pray for the presence of your Holy Spirit this morning, and I know that he is already here and has been. I pray, Father, that you speak your words and what you desire through me. None of me, just as Josh prayed, Father, we desire your will, and we trust you for your will. We love you so much, in Jesus' name, amen. amen. So we are in the final week of what's been a long five months, right? For those of you online who, who may not fully know what I'm talking about, um, I would suggest go back and listen to messages. But The last five months we have been in what has been called, what, what I call the, the first woe. This is not the woe that you see that will be in the final tribulation. This is a foreshadowing of that, and yet it's called the same. It, it, it is the first woe. It was 150 days, which is five Jewish months. It began approximately 6.30 p.m. on the 3rd of March. It will end approximately 6.30 p.m. this Friday. And the Lord is 
spoken much about what this time period means. We know in ignition it is a test. In fact, the Lord told us it is the final exam. Now, I don't know about you, and I, I, I prayed this on the prayer call, I don't know, within the last couple of days, can't remember, but, but the thought of a final exam to me is it's the last thing you do before the graduation of what you have been tested for, correct? Like if you're in school, the last thing you do before summer is your finals. When you're, I, I remember in college, the very last thing I had to do, aside from pack up all my junk and go, very last thing scholastically I had to do were take my finals. Right? The final exam. So often, everything comes down to that final exam. It's all the things we've been taught. It's all the things we've been tested in. Now it is the chance to prove that we know it. In this case, it's the chance to prove that we trust Him. Prove that we believe Him. He has said at the beginning of this and throughout this, He said, you will be tempted to not believe what you have been taught. And I'm sure if I had a raise of hands in here, bar none, everybody has experienced that in this woe, in this five months. I know I have. I'm sure that everybody else has. Where you come to that place in, in, in your mind where you have this, this conversation with yourself in your mind. And I was talking to some people about this the other day. This happens often during this woe. Where, okay, do, do, do I really believe what I believe? I'm being tempted to not believe because I hear these voices, these external voices of people saying, well, no, that's false, that can't be true, this, that, and the other. And... For a person who is open to the leading of the Holy Spirit, which we are, you have to ask the Lord, is that a true voice or is that a false voice? You can't dismiss it all out. You can't. You have to prove it out. Just like 1 John says, prove the Spirit. Well, you prove out the voices. Why? Because there is a Spirit behind those voices. There's a spirit behind every single voice, whether they think so or not. Even those who do not believe that, and believe me, I hear from them, I hear from them every week, usually comes after the Sunday morning service. But whether they think they're being driven by a spirit or not, guess what? They are. They may not even believe in the spirit realm. They may not even believe that Satan has real, real demonic spirits that do real things. They may not even believe that. But guess what? The actual event of it happening does not hinge upon their belief. It hinges upon truth. Truth of the word of God. And in the word of God, it speaks out that spirit realm that we're to walk in. So I 
have many times asked myself, could that voice be true? And then I begin this dialogue in my mind with myself, with the Lord, and I say, okay, Lord, let's go through this again. I know we've gone through this a hundred times now, but let's go through this again. Where I begin to ask myself, okay, what are the real attributes of somebody who would be in relationship with the Lord? And I start to go through all that. And I go through each piece, proving out that it's God. The reason I bring this up is because I know, and in all the people that I've talked to in Ignition, I know you've experienced the same thing. I don't want you to feel that you're alone. I don't want you to feel that you're alone in receiving the opposite from things swirling around you, from people you know, people perhaps you grew up with. Things swirl around, and that's what Satan does. He swirls. He envelops. He tries to penetrate through this carpet-bobbing effect. And the reason I bring this up is because the last five months have been special for him. Because he has had specific authority in this world, in this realm, in the realm in which we operate. He has had special authority to do what he has done and what he's been doing. That special authority, by the way, was given by God. Please don't email me on that one. Okay? It was given by God. If you want proof of that, open up just about every book of the Old Testament. Open up the minor prophets. Open up the major prophets. Good night. Just look at the life of Moses. (laughs) Any of it. It shows God's hand in what He does. He brings Because he is a God of justice, that justice in his character forces judgment. Do you understand? Do you understand? Justice cannot come without judgment. And the Bible says, who does he judge first? Those he loves. His children. He judges those he loves. Why? Because of the purity that he expects from their lives. The purity of that relationship. The purity of us pressing into him. You know, in order to do this, you better get beyond the three-dimensional world and time that we live in. You cannot walk In truth, you cannot walk in the Spirit. You cannot even understand His perfect will without understanding that. And that's where the religious spirit dies. That's where it dies. It can't walk into that. Why? Because it believes in the simple precepts of the Word of God, which are good. But then it promotes this control over it 
so they can control their own lives. Don't be mistaken. These are not bad people. See, I grew up thinking the Pharisees were horrible people. But do you know before Jesus came, they were the religious people. They were the ones who loved God. Evidence of that is Paul himself. Even when he was blinded heavily with the spirit of religion, he was zealous for God. He was zealous to the point that he would choose to kill. He didn't realize what he was doing. He didn't realize he was literally going against the God that he was zealous for. So even the Pharisees were not bad people. Those today who do not believe any of this are not bad people. I don't think they're bad people at all. They're blind people. They're deaf people. They're people that don't understand because they don't have the capacity to understand. Because you don't have the capacity to understand unless you step out of yourself and begin to walk in the Spirit. Like the Bible says. (laughs) Guys, this isn't rocket science. This isn't tough. It isn't tough intellectually to understand. Let me put it that way. It is tough to walk in it. It is because that is a life that is crucified daily, as Paul said. I crucify myself daily to walk in the Spirit. To walk with Him. To walk hand in hand with the Holy Spirit who leads me. That requires a daily sacrifice. So we find ourselves in the final week of this testing. And I gotta tell you, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for what God's going to do. And yes, one more week. Don't blow it. All right, don't blow it. Press in. Press in. Give him these last, what is it, six days. Uh, Today's halfway over. We'll call it five. (laughs) Five and a half days, right? Because it's 6.30 tonight. It's five days, right? Man, if we keep talking about it, it'll get to four and, you know. (laughs) Point is, you can hang on. You can hang on in this final test and just believe. Even if it doesn't make sense, go over it in your mind with the Lord again. Lord, let's go through this again. Because I am not going to not believe you. I may not see the signs of what you have said yet. I may not see the promises of what you have promised yet. But I believe. See, the Lord has said... You know what? He wants me to read this. I'm going to read the word that he gave last week. As I'm sure it will be popular again with those watching. 
This is a word the Father gave through me last week. These are not my words. These are the Father's words. The Lord says, Where is my bride? The ones who have accepted covenant with me. Where are those who have said their lives are mine and only mine? The ones who have accepted the blood of my son and committed theirs in return. You have been tested by the darkness of fear and unbelief, but now you will be tested by my hand. Now you will see the darkness that I bring. You will not deny it. You have not believed my prophets of old, nor do you trust my voice now. I have laid you down on a bed of testing, and yet you still have not listened. I will show you my hand. I will show you a glimpse of what I can do. Will you believe then? Will your hearts become hot? That is my desire. That is my will. The greatest cost to me has been your right of choice that was given by me. No longer will I allow the hot to be held back because of the choice of the lukewarm. This is your moment of decision. If you do not fully turn to me and trust in me, then I will spit you out of my mouth. For all will see what I do with my hand. All will see that I am God and there is none else. The time has come to reveal my glory and my power in the midst of this darkness. It will be my hand. It will be my hand. It will be my hand that reveals who I am. In the coming days, I will be your only refuge. I will be your only hope. Turn to me and I will not deny you. Trust me fully and I will cover you with the feathers of my wings. If you trust me, you will come forth as pure gold. It is time. It is time. It is time for my bride. To make her choice. See this. Last five months have been. An opportunity. To be tested. By what Satan brings. The evil that he brings. And unless you're somebody that's hiding in a hole somewhere, you've seen it. Perhaps not all of it. But we have seen what the enemy has done in bringing even the very division of the bride. The very division of those who are God's children. Those who have accepted Jesus into their hearts. We have seen that division. But now the Lord says, 
that we will see his hand. Now, I'm not about to try to add color to that and fill in some of the thought blanks of what that means. He'll show what it means. One thing I will tell you is he said it will be clear that it's him. I won't try to fill in the thought blanks of timing on any of that. That is up to him. But I can tell you that he will fulfill his word. He will ready his bride. He will separate out the lukewarm from the hot. He will move forward in this interview process, if you will. Because what he has for his bride is ultimately Jesus Christ leading this world. And not physically, let me make that very clear. This is not Jesus coming again, sitting on the throne of David in Jerusalem. That's not what this is. That will happen. That will happen. But that is not what this is. This is the grand mystery that Paul talked about in the New Testament. This is the grand mystery that literally comes to fruition in the third woe. The mystery is the foreshadowing of God saying, You, Israel, would not let me do this. You would not let me do what I wanted to do. So I will bring this other child. I will do it through them. If for no other reason than to make you jealous. That was Paul's motivation. It was his motivation to literally make the Jews jealous. So they would see Jesus as the Messiah. Now, understand too, I'm talking about Israel and not just Jewish people. Because there are many, many, many millions of Jewish people that are part of the bride. I mean, they, they might, you know, uh, in, in their heredity be Jewish, but they are children of God because of receiving Jesus Christ as Savior. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that, that doesn't make them part of Israel anymore in terms of what God is going to do in the final time. Right? That makes them part of the bride. What God is doing right now. But rest assured that he will bring a global leading by Jesus Christ to this entire world. Jesus will lead the governments of this entire world through his spirit. He will do that through the bride. That is the readying of the bride and then he will take her home. And then you see what happens after that. You could read Revelation. You could read Daniel. 
Understand that what's happening now is a foreshadowing of that to make Israel jealous. But to understand, we have to walk in the Spirit. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5, we're going to start at verse 16. I'm in the ESV, says this. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For they are opposed to each other. To keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, I want to point something out here because our religious spirit friends will immediately say, well, I'm not under the law. I'm not under the law. I am saved by grace. I'm a child of God. And they are absolutely correct. But what we have to understand here is being under the law is not choosing to be a Pharisee. Being under the law is choosing to receive His Word intellectually. To know it just like a Bible study. Just like a question and answer. Oh, I know the answer to that one. I know I learned that in Sunday school. That's the little precept of A plus B equals C. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you understand? Do you follow? Being in the Spirit is living literally in the content of His Word. You know, it blows me away, those that say, and many of us grew up in in these worlds, They say that the Word of God is living and breathing. And they're correct. But they take and strip the very life and breath out of it. Oh, it's living and breathing. But I don't believe it's breath. I don't believe it's life. Because if I can't read it in precepts, if I can't follow it and control it in precepts, then it is not God. Why? Because I can control it that way. But yet they don't see it's about their own control. Why? Because they are drunk by a spirit. They are driven by a spirit that keeps them from even seeing that. And I find it interesting because none of them want to talk about it. They, they, they want to give the little one, two sentence jabs. But they don't want to have a conversation about it. Let me tell you something. I'm willing, as I text you back, I want to have a conversation. Because, see, unlike you, I do want to know if I'm wrong. I do go before the Lord all the time and say, try me. Show me any wicked way. Show me anything that I have gotten off on because I understand 
what it means to teach. I understand the responsibility of teaching. I've accepted that because it has been your calling on my life, Father. But show me. Show me if I'm wrong. Unless we can walk in the Spirit, we'll never understand what He has. You know, an interesting thing, and I'll say this to Ignition, because I am not the only one. All of us in here have experienced this. Every I could go down and probably bar none of us. Everyone has experienced this. With family, with friends, with weird people on the internet. <laughs> Those tend to be a lot, but you can also block. Right? Here's a question you need to ask them. And I ask my friends, what would you say allows you to tell the life of a person, whether it's for Christ or not? What allows you to look at somebody and say they know Christ or they do not know Christ? The Father's hand is all over them. They are in His will or they are not in His will. I mean, Paul lays it out. He said, if they're in relationship with the Lord, they're going to see certain things by the fruit of the Spirit. Exactly. Exactly. Let's, let's go down just a couple verses here. Verse 22 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Now, I want to encourage every one of you first, look at your own life. Does your life display these things? Does it display them in measure when it's good as well as when it's bad? See, that's been a great time for these last five months, this testing period, because when you see those fruits when it's bad, it is more evident. It's not that it's more important. Because oftentimes when things are good is when we tend to begin to take control again. See, it's going really well, so I I got this, Lord. I'll, I'll just take this back over so you don't have to worry about it. And then we begin to degrade in our relationship with him. But as much as we can look at ourselves and see the fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit are not... For your own decision making. In other words, the fruits of the Spirit are for others to see who you are in Christ. The fruits of the Spirit in my life are not to tell me who I am in Christ. They are to tell all those others who see me, who listen to me, who hear me, who I am in Christ. 
And this is where it gets so irritating for me. And I don't mean that in a fleshly way. I mean that in, in such a burdened way for those who would come against it. And I know this is the same for everybody sitting here. It's like, you don't even know. You don't even know. You're not even willing to get in a conversation to find out who I am. I challenge anyone to look and see the fruits of my life and tell me a fruit that is not of God. I challenge you to do that. And and don't... <laughs> look at the fruits of the Spirit. All right, and 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 I apologize. I'm speaking kind of the camera here because I'm I'm speaking to 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 individuals, but it also applies to all those in your lives. Okay, don't fall back on the fact that say, well, fundamentally we just believe differently. Fundamentally, we don't believe that God talks to you and, and we don't believe in this communication. And because we don't believe in this communication, then, then, you know, the whole baseline's different. Well, first of all, if that's the case, maybe that's what you need to figure out because everything about the Word of God is alive and breathing, not the kind, not the ones that you could control. I, I, I'm going to say this to my, my desire was not to offend today. But that's what God does. That's what truth does. Truth offends. And there is one thing that is offensive to me. I'll speak to me about me personally, but I, I know it's the same for everybody here. It is offensive to me to say that we are listening to a wrong spirit, that we are listening to an evil spirit. First of all, there is none good except God. So it's not like you have good spirits, bad spirits, and then here's some in-between spirits, which is kind of who you're listening to. No. There's good and there's bad. There's those who follow God, the two-thirds who didn't fall, and those who follow Satan, the one-third who fell with him, as well as all the demonic spirits that have come since then. There is good and there is bad. If you are not listening to God and through the Holy Spirit, you are listening to evil spirits. There's no middle of the road. He doesn't have to spit that out of his mouth because it was never there in the first place. It doesn't exist. So to say that we are listening to a spirit that is not God is to say that we are listening to Satan. Or 
certainly through his demonic spirits. That's what I take issue with. Not issue with being angry or anything else. Issue with the blindness that is in the bride. See, this is what God is raising up this church. This is what God is raising up the remnant to fight against. It is the blindness of the religious spirit. Probably the most powerful demonic spirit controllable that is out there. It's what hung Jesus on a tree. And we're still fighting it today. The difference is, in the timing in which we live, now it is time. And God is going to move in ways that it will not be stopped. It will not be stopped. So I challenge those who say we listen to a wrong spirit. I challenge you to look at the fruits of our ministry. And then recognize that it can't be a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It can't be, well, you just have this one spirit that you're listening wrong to that just tells you a whole lot of stuff. But then you do other things that are really good. If you think that's correct in your mind, you don't know the word of God. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 12. Verse 22, then a a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him, and he healed him. So that the man spoke and saw, and all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. No city or house divided against itself will stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? If I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Kind of goes with Matthew 6.33. See, if His kingdom wasn't here already, we wouldn't be able to seek Him in it. We wouldn't be able to pursue Him in it. In the Spirit. Not in the precept. Do you understand? I know you guys do. I probably should be looking at the camera. (laughs) The point is, if we are listening to an evil spirit, then an evil spirit is going to have the production in this ministry. If we are listening to God through the Holy Spirit, God will have production in this ministry. 
Satan would never do anything to further the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Okay. If we're in agreement on that, which I assume we are since that's in his word. And if you need more on that, let me know. But if we're in agreement on this, then we have to look at what are the fruits. What are the fruits of this ministry? What are the fruits in your own lives as you talk to your family, as you talk to those who who are the naysayers around you? What are the fruits that they see in your own life? Man, I, I look around here. Okay, it was never, ever, ever my thought and intention to start a church. <laughs> I thought I'd be a worship leader for the rest of my life, and I was happy with that. We started this college group because it gave me an excuse to just act stupid. <laughs> right? And, and this college group... We fell in love with God. Things started happening in this college group that didn't make sense, that, that we didn't see. We started to come together and, and, and all of a sudden, oops, all of a sudden, you know, we, we'd, I'd, I'd preach for an hour and they'd look at me like, you're done? We'd worship for an hour and a half, sometimes two hours. You're done? They were so hungry. But you know the real test? The real evidence came when we started praying together. When we would begin praying together and we'd pray for hour, hour and a half, two hours. Every single week. This was not a once in a lifetime thing. This was consistently over and over and over again. Whenever we were together... And Wendy, tell me if I'm wrong. Whenever we were together, because Wendy was part of it back then, Wendy's been part of it from the beginning. You were there the first night the... Oh, we won't go into that. <laughs> no reason to lay out fodder for the naysayers. <laughs> but the point is, the point is we were hungry for the Lord. Good night, people. If, if, if you ask for food, is he going to give you a snake? No, when we're there praying before him and we're just pleading with him, God, we want you. We want more of you. We want what we've never seen before. Do you think he's going to put his hand out and say, get away from me. Just believe in my precepts. That's enough for you. How insane is that? But yet the evidence is there. We would pray for hours. All of a sudden this developed into more of a ministry. <laughs> Not by choice. But thanks to the religious spirit. Because see, we became so offensive in the church that we were in that we were asked to leave. Amen. <laughs> Amen to that. 
I don't say that to condemn that church or to condemn that pastor. Because he's a friend of mine and I love him. And I want so desperately his eyes to be opened. But the fact of the matter is, we became so offensive that the religious spirit that had a hold on that church would not let it stay. And see, we weren't in control. We didn't have authority. We didn't have spiritual authority in that church. So we had a choice. I remember talking to the Lord about this. And it was confirmed through a friend of mine who perhaps, I haven't talked to him in years, perhaps he'll, he'll see this. I remember at that time the Lord gave me a choice. He said, you can stay and fight. Because, see, that's who I am in my heart. God has made me into a warrior. I've been a warrior since I was a kid. And that was my natural reaction, was to fight. He said, you can stay and fight, and you will win. You will win the hearts of the people. You will turn that church over. He said, but... If you do that, one day it will be done to you. And I remember thinking, that's not even a choice. That's not even a choice because, see, my goal wasn't that church. My goal wasn't those people. I loved those people. They were precious to me. I was the worship leader there. I loved them, but they were not my goal. My goal was to please the Lord. It didn't matter who came. And by the way, hardly anybody did. When we started, it was, Brooke was at college, so I kind of half count her, but she wasn't there. (laughs) But it was me, Alexis, little Yvonne, Wendy, and Anissa. That's it. That's it. And we said, it doesn't matter. Because, Lord, we just want to follow you. We just want your will. In that passion, though, it it wasn't long before we started to have others. And and through the the last, what's it been, five and a half years now, God has brought some. He's taken some away. Some have come long enough to be offended to leave. that's okay because they'll be back my heart breaks for them because of what the Lord was offering them on a platter and that's just the truth of it but look at the fruit look at the fruit he begins to open up Nigeria I can't even begin to talk about Nigeria without saying this is the absolute hand of God If if you really think it's Satan doing this, if you really think it's an evil spirit doing this, pull your head out of the sand. Because you're blind. We have had thousands upon thousands upon thousands, well over 10,000, come to know the Lord in Nigeria. We have... The Lord has opened up relationships. And you all know this, I know. 
I, I, again, I need to stop looking at you and looking to the camera. <laughs> but that's all right. I, I'm a person, people person. Maybe what I need to do is put a little person's face on the <laughs> on the camera there. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, but he opened up relationships with leadership there that that we've said before. It's just insane. It's it's insane. Right, we have, we have agreements to have been given an 80,000-acre ranch. Okay, I didn't say 80-acre ranch. That would have been big. By the way, we already have an 11-acre ranch there. Plus, we have a six-building compound that are our team buildings. But this 80,000-acre ranch, that's bigger than Newark. And I don't mean Newark, the city of Newark. I mean Newark proper. 126 Square miles. <laughs> you got that? 126 square miles. It's big. It's big. We have an agreement on this. Why? Because we're this huge mega church that has millions of dollars and we can do everything because we just have it. <laughs> New. No, see, the chief, chief of staff has been to our church. He's been in this living room. We're a church of 50 people. But wildly in love with the Lord. Absolutely beyond measure in love with the Lord. They saw that. Why? Because they are too. Tewase is in love with the Lord. Right? The governor, Governor Ortan is in love with the Lord. The, the king and the queen, they passionately love the Lord. All God did was put us together. That's all he did. And so we found ourselves with, okay, well, we have all this stuff there without anything to do it with. <laughs> what are you going to do about this one, God? And so God just begins this process. And I know many of you here don't even know this. You know maybe some of the numbers or whatever, but you don't know this. God has given us now close to 3,000, 3,000 individual donors across this country. Lord's told me we'll be well over 10,000 by the end of the year. These are people that don't know me. I don't know them. They don't know us. They know God. God told them to. You, you may ask them to explain that. I, I can't. I can't explain it. I just know that all the money that is necessary for the things that God wants us to do there is already in route. That's been the case for everything that we've done. Explain to me how Satan would do that. Why would Satan want to fund something that is going to pull people away from Satan? And if you've been to Africa at all, you know what I'm talking about. See, they don't have an issue with the spirit realm in Africa. They live in it. They recognize it. I remember the, the, the first big... Uh, convention, whatever you call it, a revival that we did there. We're outside, there were 
2,500 or 3,000 people, and we start praying over people and anointing people, and boom, World War III erupted. You have these people that are so demonically possessed, just the spirits inside them couldn't handle the Holy Spirit. So explain to me, why did they show themselves if we're listening to a satanic spirit? Wouldn't they become hidden? Wouldn't they stay hidden? Of course they would. Satan, if he had a choice, would always work from behind the veil. It is the Holy Spirit that pulls back the veil. That exposes who he is. So again, look at the fruit. Look at the fruit of what's been built there. All the things in Nigeria. All the miraculous connections all over the world that he's given us. This tiny little church of 50 people. The bottom line, you know, I'll mention one more before the bottom line, because this is probably the most important. What satanic spirit would drive a church to pray before the Lord twice a day, every day? For usually, our, our night call goes usually an hour, hour and 15 minutes, or 10 minutes, whatever. Right? We've been doing that call for five years, over five years. No, no, over four years. No, over three years. Four years. Okay. We have been doing that call a lot. I mean, the calls, the calls start, yeah, I guess it, it would be, it would be, because uh, uh, we started the day he was inaugurated. Right, so it's been three, almost, yeah, three and a half years. <laughs> okay, even if it's been three weeks, seriously, people. <laughs> Would Satan have told us, go pray to God for an hour every night, just so you could fool these people into thinking that God's talking to you? Okay. <laughs> That sounds silly, but you got to understand, to the mind that is filled with the religious spirit, doesn't compute. Doesn't compute. And their only way to hold on to what they believe is to not talk about it. I will place out my accusation and then recoil back so you can't talk to me. Okay, by a show of hands. Somebody in your life who has done that, raise your hand. 98%? I mean, not the ones who are under 10. You guys need to get out more. But that, that's the playlist of the enemy. It is. None of us here are unwilling to talk. That's what we do. That's what God tells us to do. I'd be so, man, if I could sit down, and, 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 and I know I will. Lord's shown me this. 
many, 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 many times where I'm going to sit down with a church who I don't know the people, but they are the religious spirit. We'll just sit down and talk. Some will receive it. Some will believe it. Some won't. And boy, this is not the time to not. We have this first woe ending. There will be a time of reprieve between them. Now, now understand, reprieve does not mean that, oh, now everything goes good and well. No, don't believe that. In fact, things are going to be crazy in a different way. You're going to see a significant shift come August 1st. Now, I'll say this. If you are blind to it, you won't see it. If you walk in the Spirit, you will, because you will have ears to hear and eyes to see. You will see this significant shift. But it will come to a point where God said, everyone will see. Even those who are blind, they will see. Even those who are deaf, they will hear. Why? Because he is drawing such a deep line in the sand that everybody will see the choice. That's why I'm telling you right now, I believe with my whole heart, that the turmoil that we see politically right now, the turmoil is going to be there. But rest assured, God's hand will prevail. His hand will prevail. He is moving, not for the sake of Donald Trump, not for the sake of the conservative party. He's moving for the sake of his children who are hot for him. Who live hot after him. Not those who sit back in their chairs and live by his precepts and feel that he is, he is good and, uh, Lord, just come, come already, because I can't handle this anymore. No, he is doing this for his hut. And I'm telling you, Donald Trump is not going to lose this election. He is going to win, and he will win by landslide. But it'll be because the choice is so clear. He's making that choice clear. He's making people say where they stand. And by the way, that is both parties. It's not Democrat bad, Republican good. It is Democrat and Republican bad. And God will pull those out of both parties that trust him and believe in him. Lord told me something the other day, and, it, and, and when he tells me things that are new, I, I set them up on a shelf and wait for confirmation, but he wants me to say this, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know when. I'm not going to speak into timing. But we're seeing the last times of the Democratic Party. It will cease to exist. Simply because of what it stands for. 
You can't stand against God and say you are for God. Understand what I'm saying. You could be saved and stand against God. I'm not talking about those who are justified and have salvation, have eternal life stamped on their spirit. Written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You can be saved and stand against God and against his precepts. I would hope that's pretty clear to everybody. Right? That's not what this is talking about. It's talking about those in relationship to him. You cannot support what is against God. Whether it be Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. You cannot support what is against God and it not have an effect on your life and on that religious spirit that takes control. Understand, that is what God is abolishing, and he's going to do it in this country first. He's going to do it here first, and I, I... Maybe one day he'll allow me to tell you why and tell you more of what that means. But it is all about Jesus Christ ruling this earth and putting the people in place that allow him to do it. In all the mountains of influence. So, man. I know we're going long. Don't really care. Just trust him. We're in this last week. And Alexis, do not feel led to close quickly just because we're going long. I want to state that out loud so everybody knows it. But trust him. Trust in what he's doing. If you question whether it's him, look at your neighbor and see what he's done in their lives. I look here and I see changed lives in every seat. I see lives that have been massively changed. And yet their families have all but abandoned them. That is temporary. That is temporary. Because the Lord is going to show, he said it, he promised it, he's going to make the choice clear. Let's come on up. I am well aware that the argument can be made that the external fruits can be rivaled by many cults and many religions. There are people that are devout, who pray all day long, who aren't in agreement with the Spirit of God just because of the sheer force of their will. Um, These were just some factors that God is doing in ignition that are proof, but the truest proof of whether God is flowing through you is the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians. It is that love, that peace, that joy. Um, because I grew up in a church that was extremely vigilant. There was soul winning, you know, multiple times a week, and, and we, my family was involved in all of it. 
and um, and I, we love Jesus, but there was a blindness and an aspect of control that was a big factor there, and um, so it's truly the fruit of the spirit and the um, the inner workings that people have to see and. And I want to say, say something else, too, for your own encouragement in being bold before the Lord. Um, just the boldness alone of a believer can be a point of, of offense because of the fact that boldness often gets uh, a bad rap and a, and a misunderstood um, reputation of being arrogant. And if there's one thing that um, you have to know is you really have to know who you are in the Lord Jesus and know that he is the one speaking to you. If I have, if I say that I'm, you know, I had a conversation with Peter and that this is what he told me, everybody can doubt that or think, well, who do you think you are? You know, that, that Peter talked to you. I don't know. I, I just know that Peter talked to me. You know, I know what happened. I mean, you can maybe tell me that I'm crazy, but I, I had this conversation. He spoke to me. I know I heard it. You know, like Peter. there are times Peter, that our, our Peter, yeah, sorry, I'm talking about an actual human being right here that I'm looking pray, at. We do not pray no, to the saints. We don't pray to the saints. Oh, wow. I could have opened up a big old can of words. But what I'm saying is. When you hear from the Lord, you know, when I first started to hearing from the Lord, it never occurred to me how many people were bothered by that. That the, the well, what do you think? You're special because you hear from the Lord? No, you're special too. Because we all get to hear from the Lord. And that, that's the thing. So this isn't, you know, these revelations that we, that we receive when somebody teaches or preaches. We are to be Bereans open to the spirit of God but going back and hearing for ourselves it isn't the word according to Greg never was never will be and that's not ever what his heart has been but when you just know that you know that you know that the Lord has spoken to you you sometimes just don't occur it doesn't occur to you that you have to give 27 disclaimers it's just like the Lord just spoke to me. It's just kind of where I walk. It's where I live. It's where I, I'm abiding. And that's a beautiful place. And, um, and so just be, just love people. Stand firm, but love people who want to turn your confidence in the Lord into arrogance. Because you know what? Jesus got it all the time. That's the part of the reason the Pharisees came against him so badly is because there was such jealousy with the authority that he walked in because of his closeness with the Father. And yes, he was limited as a man. Read Philippians 2. We're not going to go there, but he, he operated on this earth as a man um, and gave up his right uh, as God. He, he was always God, but he gave that up in his operation on this earth. Philippians 2 is clear on that. So I am going to close in prayer, and um, I just, um, God just wants us to draw into him and know who we are in Christ Jesus, because um, the release of his spirit, wow, what's about to come, you know, when Jesus said in the last days, we're going to do greater works than he did, okay, I'd be overwhelmed just completely out of my mind, crazy thrilled to just do what he did. And yet we're going to do greater. So just just seek him. Because it's not about us. It's 
it's just about being a vessel through which he can flow uh, through. And, um, and I'm so excited. But that will, uh, those that, that aren't seeking that for themselves, there, there will be an offense because there is a war, as the scripture that Greg went over today just um, laid out. You know, if you're walking in the spirit, uh, there is an automatic offense for those that are not because they're controlled by an opposing spirit. It's at war. There's a war. So it's natural that people are going to be that way. But that's why the fruit of the spirit of love is really important. And as soon as you lose that love flowing through you, then you do want to go back and say, okay, what am I missing here? Because um, you can be bold. You can be strong. You can be firm. Uh, you can even war. But it's got to be through love. And, uh, and the correct definition of love. Not passivity, condoning, accepting sin love, but a true, holy, pure love. So, Father God, we thank you so much for your your love, God, the, all the fruits that you offer, God. They are the fruits of your spirit, and I praise you for that, God. They are not the fruit of the good works that we get to do once we're following your precepts. God, the outcome of what you do in a person's life walking in those fruits is on you. The outcome of it, God. The the works in this realm. And I thank you, God. I thank you for the outcomes of the work in Nigeria, of the dedication in, in people's lives, of the, the, the monetary funds, of the open doors that you have done by your hand. God, I'm just so thankful for that. That as we have just sought your face and that you flowed through us in all of the fruits of the Spirit listed in Galatians, God, I thank you, God, that you're in control of where you want to take um, this ministry, where you want to take our lives individually. And I thank you, God, that for every single person who seeks you, who loves you, who is willing to um, lay down their lives for you, God, you have a great purpose. You have a Jeremiah 29, 11 promise to prosper, not to harm, for a hope and a future. And I just thank you so much for that, God. I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it is, it is the confidence that we can walk in, God. But it is your breath. It is your breath. I thank you that the word that Greg gave, the, the warning word that he not only spoke out in the message but released on Facebook, God, that was your breath drawn directly from Scripture for this time, for this moment in time. And I thank you, God. That it, didn't ha- it wasn't concocted humanly, God, but that you gave a fresh word for now. And I pray that you would open eyes, God. Open eyes to see that you give a fresh word all the time. How do we know how we're led to move to a different city or to take this job versus that job? That's your breath. You speak. You, you communicate to us those details of our lives. You guide through the power of your Holy Spirit. They're not written in the precepts. They're a fresh word. What should I do today? What should I do tomorrow? Should I stay? Should I go? Who should I marry? God, I thank you. I thank you for this real-time communication that you offer that is so beautiful. God, let us recognize that, that there's a whole invitation. You're knocking at the door For us to invite you in, not just into our hearts for salvation and the justification, but in the sanctification, life of faith. There's a whole world of fellowship and relationship that you invite us into. And I just, it's just been, oh, 
It's just been the ride of my life, God, to have. Uh, I think of the old hymn, I'm so thankful for what a friend we have in Jesus. What a friend we have in Jesus, God. I just praise you. I praise you. I worship you. And I pray that this message would land by your spirit where it is to land. In the name of Jesus. Amen.